Welcome back to the watch list with Patty and Bill. You can always check us out in every episode on thewatchlistpod.com. Engage us on social media at thewatchlistpod. And you can also subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, wherever. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm Happy good. New Week to you. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> what, what the hell was that? Uh, you like? know, every week is just like the same week over and over again. You know what? I agree but I, I, I have been reaffirmed in my belief that being safe and being boring is okay. True. Yes, that's okay. But it's just like, oh, another week. Great. Whatever. Oh, I know. I, I you know, I, yeah. I constantly ask Laura, what, what day is it? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. sometimes Tuesdays feel like Saturdays and Saturdays feel like Wednesdays. It's it, And it's terrible, but... Yeah, it's the world we're living in right now. Pretty much, yeah. Mm. Uh, so, mm. before we jump into all of this, I just want to, I want to say to everybody, I hope you guys are okay. Sports ball started this week, so Yay. we're we're gonna yeah, <laughs> a more enthusiastic yay on my part. So, I wanted to talk about that. I also checked out a new Netflix show, at least new to me, called Norsemen. And I have uh, sort of an update on the, the whole Hollywood release thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So hmm. let's jump into it. Uh, what I did am. you watch? So I just finished watching the latest installment, I think that's what we would call it, of Into the Dark. This is uh, their July 4th themed-ish movie episode, whatever you're going to call it. The Current Occupant is the name of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You've just disappeared from the screen and now your map. So I was like, oh, <laughs> no, I'm into the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. That was my so, themed episode. Excellent. So this one stars Barry Watson of Seventh Heaven fame. He is Henry Cameron. He's in the hospital and his body is healing, but he doesn't really quite remember who he is. He's got some um, mental loss kind of stuff going on. And the and then all the wackiness ensues where he thinks he's the president and he's in a psychiatric ward now that is just like every B-movie psychiatric ward with, you know, the bad... Um, orderlies and the doctor who's really confusing and not really explaining what's going on or why he's there and then they do these treatments that's all you know a bajillion tv monitors and wires on this you know colander on his head and he's it was just so so cliche <laughs> it was so dr frankenstein meets clockwork orange kind of shit it yeah. was just and okay they bring the guy into this, you know, 
place to hose him down, you're like de-lousing, I guess, before he enters the uh, mental ward. And then he shows up and he's in these filthy, filthy pajamas. It's like, so you clean him to put him in dirty clothes. And then they show the other patients. Everybody's in like filthy stained pajamas, like dirt stained pajamas. That's gross. And I'm like, what the, this, more of that, you know, cliche stuff. It was just so bad. (laughs) So bad. How much of your life did you waste watching this? About an hour and a half ish. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, but I, I mean, had to it, see where it was going. I, I just had to. And all these like you know, clockwork orange style treatments where he's like hooked into a chair and they're asking him questions and flashing, you know, clips of scenes on the screen. They they really overdid that. That was like over your head, beating you in the head kind of. Yeah. That treatment shit. It was just so awful. No. In the entertainment world, when you lose an hour and a half, that's another viewing of one of your favorite movies that will not be seen. Yeah, so (laughs) don't waste your time with that one. Go back and watch the My Best Friend, I think is what it was called, the one with the dog. So, but how many of these Into the Dark Things have you seen? I think I've seen them all. How many of Dwight's totally into it. Um, It's got a couple of seasons. The first season had 12 episodes, one per month, clearly. And this new one has, so far it has 20, no, not 22. It it keeps counting up. So there are a total right now of 22 episodes over the two seasons. Okay. There you go. So. It started with Halloween. But In October of of 2018. But they're not interconnected in any way no that this is like a an anthology series of kind of movies they're they're about movie length type of installments and each one is each the theme of each one is inspired by by a holiday during the month of its release so ignore july 4th yeah don't go with this current july 4th go watch the last july 4th got it Okay. The one called it's the name of that one is Culture Shock, and that one is way better. Okay, way better. Not every show can hit. Yeah, not everything is gonna hit and be good. Um, there's yeah. a few. I think I don't remember this the St. Patrick's Day one. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Well, I got something new to watch. But then. yeah, so so there's some that we may have missed. But the one called Good Boy from last month. It was inspired by Pet Appreciation Week. that one was really good that one i I really like that one so all right so into the dark still a good series just skip this july 4th the most recent july 4th episode yes the one that came out this month just don't waste your time it's awful it is so awful so i have a question for you yes remember last time we were talking about killing eve Yes. And you've seen Killing Eve. Yes. So we just finished series one. Okay. As they say in Britain. Uh, yes. Or, or as we say in America, the first season of it. Mm-hmm. I'm so pissed off at that show right now. <laughs> and I and I just, and, and, and I turned to Laura 
and I said, am I missing something here? And, and for all of our friends and listeners out there, if any of the three of you watch Killing Eve, please hit us up on the watchlistpod.com. Go to contact us and let me know if I'm just bad shit crazy or I'm missing something or what. But Eve had not one, not two, but three opportunities to stop Villeneuve. Villanelle. Villanelle, whatever the yeah. fuck. Villanelle. <laughs> and not one, not two, but three times. Now, the third time, there was some, let's just say, wet work happened. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But that, that was a possibility of her not letting her go. But she sprang up to help therefore allowing Villanelle to leave. Yet Villanelle went to the husband's house, went to their house, knows where they live. Eve knows that she has killed someone's husband before. Villanelle knows where she lives. Yet she does, and Eve does nothing to protect the husband dude. Now, granted, we are only one episode into season two. So I have no idea what happens yet through the remainder of season two. Am I hooked on this show? You betcha. But I'm so pissed off right now. And it really makes me wonder if if Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is brilliant, has a screw loose somewhere and is just <laughs> kind of weird. Because... The the care I forgot what the character's name is in Fleabag, but Fleabag, whatever her name was, the hell's her name? I Call her Fleabag. Yeah, but but Fleabag kept getting into shit mm-hmm. despite herself. Yes, and this is the same type of characterization. Yeah, so it's just pissing me off right now. Wow. It's good. It's still pissing me off. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. Did you watch anything else? Oh, yeah. I watched a, a few things here. Oh, my goodness. Um, also on Hulu, I watched Taste the Nation. Oh, that's um, the uh, Padma Lakshmi yes, show. Yes, Padma right? Lakshmi's show. And for those who don't know who she is, she's a host and judge producer of Top Chef, which I didn't know that till I looked her up. Like, who is this woman? Have you never seen Top Chef? I don't watch that show, no. Really? That's an well, awesome show. Anyway. Watch that show. Anyway, so this show, she's exploring all of the different ethnic American cuisines that's out there. And each episode, it's a different country. And she's talking to immigrants from those countries about their food and the food that makes them, that gives them like comfort, that reminds them of home. Because she's an immigrant herself. She came here when she was four years old from India. And this is not really, this is not your average like cooking show at all. She's exploring culture and she just, you know, goes into food sovereignty and it, you know, brings up trauma and talking about the language of all the nations and the, all the immigrants that came here. It's really kind of a social political commentary on cultural identity. 
really. Really? Yeah. So so it gets into more the the feeling of food. It, it well, she goes into the food and you see the food and they make the food and she's all it's delicious and stuff like a regular food show, but there's that underlying kind of immigrants are the foundation of America and what the fuck are we doing kind of a message through the whole thing. Cuz Anthony Bourdain used to do that travel around yes, the world. He did the same kind of thing, but she's focused on American food. And you've got her as an immigrant asking the questions from the point of an immigrant herself, from somebody who wasn't born here, who grew up here, but and has kind of those ties back to her, or, you know, where she came from, but also totally getting Americanized because she's four years old and growing up here. Right. As opposed to Anthony Bourdain, who's an American going out across the oceans to these different yeah to the countries there themselves so she you know uh the first episode's all about the burrito and where'd the burrito come from and mexican food and she's talking to this guy in el paso who owns a mexican restaurant but he's he's from the middle east and he employs all these mexicans they live in mexico and they come across the border to work here for him they're like migrant workers working in his restaurant sure he voted for Trump and he's he what? Yes. And so there's that kind of thing going on too, that she's exploring and talking about. And then we get into Chinese food and how, you know, how the Chinese were treated when they came to America and, and how they brought their food and how chop suey is an American thing. There's no Chinese yes, people who know what the fuck chop, chop suey is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, and she, we eat shit that they don't eat themselves. Yeah, and so she's walking around um, Chinatown in San Francisco with Ali Wong, talking about Ali Wong growing up here as a you know Chinese American and what she went through, and then she talks to you know more Chinese people who've been here forever and Chinese restaurant owners and you know that kind of thing, and she goes into Thai food and German food going to Milwaukee and talking to Germans in Milwaukee with the hot dog and the bratwurst and, and the all brat, that. Yeah. And all oh, the, and the beer. Brat. She talks to people who are making beer because that's also, and then she talks to a woman from Iran and all the Iranian food and how, you know, m- cooking this food with your parents who came here and you grew up here just helped you, you know, connect better with your culture and, and that, and the, the one episode that there's two episodes actually that really like, damn kind of got me is the one where she talks to native Americans and how, and their food and how they were treated and how they're still being treated, how they're getting all this government food, the government cheese. And that's causing, you know, heart and heart issues and obesity where they don't get to eat the food that they, you know, they, they were taken away from their source of food. They're not even given a source of food. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the food sovereignty comes into play. Yeah. One of the saddest things I ever did was visit a, a reservation. And it, I mean, it was cool, but it was sad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I don't know if you've ever been or, or any of our listeners have ever been, but there are a lot of pawn shops oh, yeah. on reservations. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, I'm a I'm a jewelry nut, and my natural birthstone is turquoise, being December. Mm-hmm. So I wanted a piece of turquoise. Yeah. Well, and the 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 shop owner is showing me all of this jewelry that's been pawned, and I did not want to take away somebody's 
memories or family heirlooms or right. So I bought something new, something small, but something new mm-hmm. because I, I did not want to take that away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You want them to still have the hope to go get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was cool being on an Indian reservation. It was absolutely awesome. It's just, it's sad what this country has done to Native American people. It's awful. And what they continue to do and, you know, just continue to do. Yeah. It's bullshit, really. Yes, yes, it is. And then the other episode that got me, like, I hadn't even heard of this culture at all. Um, They're the Gullah Geechee of the South, Um, like South Carolina. Um, She went to Charleston, South Carolina and talk to these people. They're uh, descendants of slaves from, I want to say the West coast of Africa is what they were saying. They were brought here to America to work in that South Carolina, kind of that swampy area to grow rice because they knew how to grow rice over in Africa. So they were specifically brought to help these plantation owners grow rice. And then as time went on, the Gullah Geechee, when they were freed, you know, our American culture grew, their descendants had to kind of hide the, and were shamed for claiming to, you know, saying that they were Gullah Geechee, that that was a bad thing to be. Really? And just, yeah. And just now they're becoming more, um, they're coming into it and, and embracing it more and you know, embracing the food and the culture. And a lot of the Gullah Geechee food is what has become like soul food of America. And it's got it, you know, that's where the soul food has its roots. So she meets up with Michael Twitty, who is a culinary historian and an educator. He's written some books. Uh, He's the author of The Cooking Gene. Uh, It won a James Beard Foundation Award in 2018. Yes. Cool. So she meets up with him and they cook this meal using the exact like tools and pots and over a campfire kind of the way that the Gullah Geechee slaves would have done and exactly the same way, the same foods and, you know, they make it and they eat it. And, you know, she's like, Oh, this is great. And this is, you know, a culture, a a group of people I didn't even know existed. I had never heard Gullah Geechee before in my life. So that this, that one really grabbed me and, and, it was really, really well done. And all that's in the first episode? No, each one's a separate episode. I, oh, I couldn't okay. stop watching. I kept going from the Mexican food was the first episode. The German food in Milwaukee was the second episode. Um, and then I lose track of what's order. But those are the ones that stuck with me. And she also talks with her mother and another Indian woman that she that was like a, an icon to her growing up uh, about Indian food and how mm-hmm. Indian food is more prevalent and in America now and in certain neighborhoods, like in New York, she lives in New York. So she was going to the New York neighborhood and just talking to her mom and cooking with her mom. And so that was mm-hmm. really cool to see and, and hear her mom's story as well That's awesome. of how, why she came here and how she came here and all that. That's cool. Yeah, so Taste the Nation on Hulu. Definitely watch that. Absolutely watch that. Stay away from Into the Dark. Watch Taste the Nation. 
Well, stay away from Into the Dark this particular yeah, July Into the Dark, episode. the current occupant episode. Stay away from that one. Gotcha. Okay. So a show that I picked up was called Norseman. Dwight had that on. So have you have you ever seen it, though? Yeah, I watched it with Dwight a few okay. episodes before he turned it off. Uh, I, oh, he turned I, it off? Well, I don't know. He was doing something else, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, we only so, watched a few. I can't tell you how many. I, so to, to be completely honest with everybody, you know, I was all I had done was watch a, a couple of sporting things over the weekend. And then just because we were a little delayed, I, I picked up something half an hour on Netflix. I just said, I'm going to jump at the first thing that grabs me. And I saw this thing for Norseman. So I tried it out. So it's a comedy series about a group of Vikings living in a village called Norheim around the year 790. And it's, it's very much in the vein of, of what we do in the shadows in that type of comedy. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You, you can see that, right? I see that, I mean, yeah. just now that, that you pointed that out, I'm like, Oh yeah. 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 And that's what appealed to me. So I, so I kept watching it and it was actually premiered in Norway under the name of Viking gong, hmm. Viking gong okay. um, in 2016. Oh, that's that old. Yeah. Wow. And, okay. and it's actually uh, written and directed by Jan Iver Helgacher and Jonas Torgensen. I love saying. That. All right. Awesome. <laughs> but, What's interesting about this show is that it's recorded in Norway in both English and Norwegian. So they do oh. a take, they do a take in English, and then and then they're like, okay, that's good. And then they'll do a take in Norwegian in English and then in Norwegian so that it can run in both. Huh. And not have and, like the voiceover weirdo stuff going on. And not on. have like a, like, huh. yeah, like an overdub or anything like that. Interesting. And ironically enough, you, you, you've seen the original Bella Lugosi Dracula, right? I think so. They did exactly the same thing in Spanish for Dracula. Really? I yes. had no idea. Huh. Yes. There was a collector's edition dvd of dracula way back when and it might even be on the blu-rays now but they use the exact same sets obviously not the same actors mm -hmm. but right after they were done with the american they said okay you guys get out they brought in the spanish language actors huh. and did exactly the same scene so that they could have a movie in two languages that's crazy i had no idea and I just thought this I just thought this this Norseman thing was was kind of fun. It fills the void for me for what we do in the shadows. Okay. Yeah. It's I mean, am I gonna run out and, and subscribe to Netflix for this? No. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. No. But at the same time, if you just happen to find it, there are only six episodes per season. There are three seasons now on Netflix. Oh wow. They're short. Okay. So they're half an hour. And only six episodes. That's right. They're half wow. an hour and only six episodes. So legitimately, you're only talking nine hours of program. Yeah, that's not a lot of commitment. That's nothing. No. That's nothing. And, and if you're looking for something to kind of amuse you, sure. Why not? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. What else did you watch? I watched also on Netflix a show called Never Have I Ever. 
Never have I ever. It is uh, created by Mindy Kaling. And um, it's about a teenage girl. She's a first generation Indian American. Okay. And it's a coming of age story. And John McEnroe is kind of the narrator. John McEnroe, the John the, McEnroe, the tennis, the tennis guy? guy. Yes, yes, he's oh the narrator, of, you know, like telling you what's going on in her life and how thing, you know, the way things are. It's a little ridiculous, but funny. And okay. the show, it's because it's a teen dramedy, and you got all the teenage drama. It's rather predictable in what's going to happen. But it was a fun watch. It was fun to watch and see a very diverse cast. You know, it's her and her two friends and everything going on. And then the boys around her and yeah, all that. All that teen huh. drama. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it was, a, I liked it, but you know, it's kind of predictable teenage coming of age story series. And the other thing I watched, um, I think this was on Hulu, which I think you watched it. Palm Springs. Yes. yes. I love that. I was really good. I liked it. So for those who didn't hear that episode of Palm Springs, um, it's a movie on Hulu, right? It's on yeah. Hulu. Yeah. yeah. Andy Samberg and the mother from How I Met Your Mother, whose name, I'm sorry, I can't remember. Kristen Malati. Great. And her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they are, they go to a wedding and then they become trapped in a time loop. Yes. Reliving the same day over and over again. Over and over and over and over and over again. And then. Um, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons is also a part of this <laughs> time loop. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I'm yeah, like no the, problem. I'm like the state farm guy. <laughs> yeah. The state. <laughs> oh, no. It's farmers. Yeah. Farmers. Bump, bum, 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 bum. Yep. Yes. Yes. Sorry. But yes, and but there are very specific things that they go through in this show, and it, you have to watch it. Yeah, I don't want to give anything away. It, it's really, it is not Groundhog's Day. No, it's not. Even though it appears to be. Yeah. It's 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 deeper than that. And yes, it is definitely deeper than. It's deeper, deeper than that. Than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. it's just so good. And it shows Andy Samberg's death, depth, not only in comedy, but in drama as well. Yeah, completely. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad Dwight picked that one as well. Yeah. And that's what I watched. Sweet. I watched Sports Ball. Hmm. I, I legitimately watched... Pro basketball, both WNBA and NBA, and I watched baseball. Okay. I first of all, I think it sucks because I live in Phillies country, so Philadelphia Phillies. And this weekend they were playing the Florida Marlins. And as of recording this, four of the Florida Marlins, shocker, have tested positive for COVID nineteen. Hmm. And this is supposedly after all these teams take great measures to, you know, make sure they're all healthy and bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but the, the reason I wanted to watch all of these games is just to see what that sporting event would look like without fans in the stadium. Right. 
So in baseball, they put these cutouts of people in the first, I would say, five rows. So whenever you're watching TV, that shot that they get with the pitcher's mound in the foreground and the batter in the background, and you can see them pitching, you can see people's cutouts. Okay. Which at first is weird, but then we and other friends were talking like, you know what? Let's see if we could actually do that and end up on TV. So what they do is they take money for charity and then they make a cardboard cutout of you and they put it in the stands. Okay. So it so it in sort of incentivizes you to watch to watch for yourself. Okay. But the canned Laugh, not laugh track. Laugh tracks are what they used in the 70s and 80s for for (laughs) comedies. But the canned applause and all that shit is is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt this weird, and I don't know if anybody else felt this. Hit us up on the watchlistpod.com and hit contact us if you felt like this. It felt good to watch baseball because that's what should be happening. And at the same time, I asked myself, why is this happening? And then when you watch, when you go from at least that outside sport where you still sort of get the the scope of everything, they put the NBA players in bubbles. I don't know if you've heard about this. I haven't paid attention to any sports thing. So what they did with NBA players is they put them in bubbles so that they were all quarantined for weeks before the before the season started so that theoretically they'd have no other contact other than, you know, with whatever room service they had or whatever, you know, but they're playing to no fans in what look like very smaller stadiums because they're in these bubble cities. Okay. I guess. And it feels like you're watching a high school basketball game with seven foot five dudes who get paid millions of dollars. And, and it's sounds it's, ridiculous. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. And then the NFL has canceled all of its preseason games. Okay. So okay. So to people who don't understand that, that's usually where teams will go out and they will exercise all the guys that they draft. So to give players who might not necessarily become a starter on the team, the opportunity to fight for a spot on the final roster. Other than that, they get cut and they're able to be picked up by other teams. So you're legitimately watching those players because then after they get drafted and they're actually signed by their team, that's their way to actually stay with the team. All of those games are canceled, and it's the way for the coaches and the staff to whittle down to a final 52 players. Because hmm. you legitimately start out with probably 80 or 100 guys. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But when you get down to the final roster, that that's usually right after the last preseason game. That's why preseason is so important. But players have been balking for years that, you know, we could get hurt on a game that means nothing and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But they canceled all of those. So now, supposedly, we're going right into a season. Hmm. But no one knows what that's going to look like yet. Yeah. I, you know, in this day, and it's not even that you're out inside 
when you're watching a sporting event, like at a baseball park or a football stadium or what have you, technically you're outside. Depending on the stadium. Depending on the stadium. If you're in Dallas, not so much, even mm-hmm. though that is Mecca in terms of football stadiums. But and uh, for baseball, Milwaukee Brewers, Miller Park, that has a dome that could close or be open. So you could either be inside or outside. Well, right. But so does um, um, U.S. Cellular Field in Chicago, too. No, there's no I, dome. Then, oh, then wait a minute. Then I'm thinking of some other city. I'm sorry. My bad. Good my grief. Bad. What the hell? Maybe, maybe I'm thinking of Seattle. Of Chicago, and are you? Shut up. I wasn't a Sox fan. I was a Cubs fan. I anyway, just still know from driving by, there's no dome. That you're, right, you're, right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Anyhow, but the I problem. I follow baseball, and I know this. Bleh. Anyhow, <laughs> but the problems come in when you have to go to the bathroom. You go to the concession stand. All right. of those choke points for people. Mm-hmm. Who knows. But while it felt good to watch baseball, and we did this with like a very small core group of people who all self-quarantine otherwise, mm-hmm. we got bored very quickly and we played Quizzo. Oh. So just, a, and, and we just started talking and like the game wasn't even there. And I usually Why do like, you think that is? Because it's not, to me, it doesn't feel real. Oh, because there's a, not the regular crowd. Well, and there's the regular not the re- crowd kind of sounds. Not the regular crowd, not the regular kind of sounds. This would have been the the third month of baseball already because it begins in late April. Oh, right. Or it begins in early April. So you'd have April, May, June. This would this would be the fourth month of baseball already. Mm-hmm. And usually like a hundred and, and, you know, well over 150 games. It's now 60, and there was this report that I was reading about how one of the major players on a team already has elbow strain or arm strain. How? 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 Well, you pitch, you know, and, and you but just I mean, kind of throw he hasn't your arm been playing. But that's the point, though. For oh. a 60-game season, he's already injured, and this was only opening weekend. I see. Okay. So... Did it really matter? Does, you know, there's always going to be an asterisk on every game ever played throughout this entire year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so why do that? And I get that it's for a sense of normalcy, but at the same time, this is not normal by any stretch of the imagination. Well, and at what cost? And at what cost? So I want to know what everybody else thinks. Hit us up on the Watchlist Pod. Go to your social media at symbol the Watchlist Pod. Let us know what you think. Are you in for sports? Like ready for it? Or are you on my side? Like, you know what? Let's take a beat. Not worry about it this year. Get everybody healthy. I understand it's a business. And we'll get to that with movie theaters in a minute, mm-hmm. too. But but you know what? It ain't worth it. Did you, you heard, you actually forwarded me this news, how Mulan has been now indefinitely taken off the release schedule as well as Tenet. Yep. 
So if you've been following us on the Watchlist Pod, you know that Warner Brothers with Tenet and Disney with Mulan, those two studios respectively kept pushing and pushing and pushing the release date. But now as COVID rears its ugly head even uglier than before, they've removed it from the release slate entirely. And other movies have either pushed to very late this year or pushed to next year completely. Well, I was I was watch, I was reading a very interesting article on CNN saying that the reason that Disney doesn't want to put Mulan on Disney Plus is because China does not have Disney Plus, and that is the number two movie market in the world. Okay, that's just so to me. So. For a movie that would be gangbusters all over the world, but especially China, for Chinese people not to be able to consume it, therefore not get that dollar, they're shooting themselves in the foot if they stream it. Right. Okay. And then Christopher Nolan is just being a pain in the ass because he wants all of his shit seen on a big screen first. Oh, interesting. So he's like, no, theaters, you know, we need theaters and all that shit. So it's just very interesting to learn those subtleties about it, but I'm still not ready at all to go to a movie theater. And I think the paradigm just needs to shift. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then what new Star Wars movie were they planning? Did I miss I a no meeting? Idea. I don't know. I have no idea. Because they put Avatar, new Avatar movies, which we have heard about, that yeah. they're doing all of these sequels back to back to back to back. And then a new Star Wars movie has they've been put on indefinite hold as well. Like, wait, what where was my meeting notice for that? Yeah, I I was I read that going, I know nothing of this. What is this all about? <sighs> so in other words, people, it's gonna be slim pickings for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless somebody is finally brave enough. And they even said this in the article as well. If somebody is brave enough to throw their major picture out there and say, okay, we're going to take a chance on this. Yeah. And do it. I thought that that was going to be, um, what did I, I, well, at one point I thought it was going to be Fast and Furious 9, but they scuttled that idea too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I love the future of what and what this could be. I just don't get it. But anyhow, let us know that too, people. Do you want to go back to a movie theater that goddamn bad? Or would you pay 20, 25 bucks to be able to stream something in your home? Anyway. Yeah. That's, that's what I got. So wait, I talked about what I wanted to talk about, right? There's the streaming so. thing, yeah. the Norseman thing, and then we talk the sports thing. Yeah, I'm I'm tapped out. I was trying to I wanted to try and check out the new Peacock streaming thing. Oh, yeah. But because I have a Samsung television, I can't get it. No. Yeah. And they aren't your... working no, they weren't working with Fire Sticks either. No shit. And so I have to see if my Chromecast is, you know, new enough and try and figure out where the fuck it is to then maybe 
do it through the Chromecast. I have a fucking smart TV, a brand new smart TV. Yeah. I have to use my, like, God, when did I get that? That's like at least four, five years old, possibly older than that. This Chromecast I have, or I have to go buy a new one. Fuck that noise. Yeah. So I tweeted an angry tweet at them. Well, good. Did they respond? This is bullshit. No, it's Sunday. So they're, yeah. They're not going to see it. Well, that was the same thing with LG and HBO. When I got my LG TV, Mm. HBO did not have an agreement with LG. So I had to go buy a Roku if I wanted to stream things like Game of Thrones. Just just the regular HBO. Like just regular. Okay. Well, HBO, any of their streaming. Not this Max thing. Not HBO. No, this was a couple of years before HBO. That's what I was checking. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm sure that that's all been sorted by now. But back then, that forced me to go get a Roku. See, that's just bullshit. Yeah. So it really just depends on who does a business with what, and are they going to do this as an exclusive platform? And it's all just bleh. Yeah, it's stupid. So right now, as of now, we are back to Hulu Netflix and Amazon Prime. Okay. So uh, no HBO Max for you? No, I think I still have HBO Max. Okay. I think. I mean, I I think it's a baller service. I really do. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. But when they start doing more original stuff, maybe I'll go or maybe okay. if they premiere some stuff, I'll go. Like if they had the like if Tenet had the balls to premiere on HBO Max. As okay. long as HBO Max could be picked up by your smart TV and my smart TV or my Roku, because mm-hmm. as of a few weeks ago, it was only streamable on your phone, if I'm correct. HBO Max. No, that's always been on my TV. Has it? Yeah. Since it came then, out, I've had it on my TV. Then what What streaming app was only available on your phone? Quibi? No. Well, that, Yeah. <laughs> Quibi. Well, yeah, the Quibi is just terrible. But um, although now I really do want to see that one that one show that they have with John Travolta and uh, and um, Kevin Hart. I have not. Oh, I have not been following any Quibi bullshit because it's Quibi and blah. It's Quibi and it's going to go away. I'm I'm not. But anyhow, um, but I would be more than willing to pay twenty five bucks to rent on HBO Max, Tenet. Okay. When they get their heads out of their asses, yeah, Christopher yeah. Nolan, if you're listening, <laughs> first of all, hey. Uh, second of all, thank you for the Batman trilogy. We really appreciate that. And your other shit is also baller. But um, embrace the future, pal. Yeah, seriously. Please, seriously. You'll make a lot more money that way. But that's it. That's what I got this week. Yeah, I'm. that's me. I'm tapped out now. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Please hit us up at uh, thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that Contact Us. Let us know if you're ready for sports, if you're into sports, or you think it's just fucking weird like I do. Um, let us know what you think of the shows that we talked about today, like Into the Dark, Norseman, um, 
Palm Springs, any of that. And then also let us know, you know, what are you going to go back to a movie theater anytime soon? Go to the watchlistpod.com, click on contact us or engage us on your social media at the watchlist pod. And please make sure you hit that subscribe button and tell 17 friends about our podcast. We'd yes. appreciate that. Tell them. Tell them. Like Patty said, <laughs> grab their phone and make them subscribe to us. And all of a yes. sudden they get this amazing podcast in their yes. feed. Yes. <laughs> but we, we continue to hope that you are safe and healthy. And no matter where you are in this country, especially if you are in a hot zone, wear a mask. Socially distance. Stay the hell home. Yeah. All right. All right. So have a good time, everybody. We'll talk to you in a few days, a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Peace out. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.